0: this is Beat the Closing Line. Hey everyone, welcome back to Beat the Closing Line. I am your host Nicole Rousseau alongside just Monowara this week resident analyst for thelines.com. So today's show might be a little bit shorter cuz you just have two of us. Also, this is going to be our last show For the holiday season, so we just wanted to wish everyone before we got started, happy holidays, and we will see you when we are in the new year. As always, we are taking a look at opening lines, discussing which bets we like, how we think those lines are going to move as we inch closer to game time, or how some of those lines have already moved off of the look ahead lines before we dive into the discussion, make sure to give this video a thumbs up, subscribe and ring the bell to get notifications. And as always, if you are listening to us where you get your podcast, make sure to subscribe to the Beat the Closing Line pod and leave a five star review. Mo, why don't you talk me through how last week's bets went for you?
1: Well, last week could have been a great week if uh, <laughs> if uh, yards per play and production from the line of scrimmage mattered in the uh <laughs> bucks bengals game that one was tough for me uh had to watch a player i despise tom brady jab his thumb in my eye yet again um after taking a 17-0 lead bucks completely dominating the game Uh, not fluky whatsoever they're moving the ball the bengals aren't moving the ball they somehow managed to allow 34 points after that while still not letting the bengals move the ball That's how bad Brady was in terms of turnovers. Just single handedly gave the game away. Fumbles, interceptions. I mean, he was just spreading the wealth to all of the Bengals defenders. (laughs) So, uh, multiple, you know, 30 yard scoring drives for the Bengals. And still, the Bucks finished like plus two yards per play and just lost the game convincingly. So, that one cost me quite a bit, but. Other than that, it was a pretty good week, Um, slight winning week. Did sneak in uh, a slight winner basically because I put in the Discord uh, second half under in Lions-Jets. That came in uh, really easily, so that was a nice hit.
0: Yeah, I think Tony Romo actually is to blame for that game because I don't know if you were watching the broadcast, but he... It all started after, I I think it was Romo. He's like, for those of you that have said father time is catching up to Brady, absolutely not. He's looking like he was at 24. He's been perfect. They're dominating seven to zero. And the second he said that, Brady throws his first interception of what I think was four turnovers in that game, like all within, you know, within like the 20 yard line. So like you said, the Bengals didn't really have to move the ball at that point as far as yards per play, because they were basically handed the ball in the red zone over and over and over again. I don't know if I've seen such a lopsided game in terms of what the team looked like in the first half versus what they looked like in the second half. Like it I didn't know what I was watching.
1: Yeah. Not a fun sweat for me. I, I don't think we had the sound on, on that one. Um, <laughs> so I think I did miss that thankfully, or I would have been on even more. You would
0: was. have been cursing. <laughs> yeah. It was like, and then he said it, he was like, Oh, there we go. There's the jinx. I'm like, why did you, why did you have to say it? But yeah. So I personally blame Romo on that one, but, uh, let's move on to our first of two games. We're only covering two games in today's show. And that is going to be the Eagles. Now, the big story of this week has been Jalen Hurts and the shoulder injury. This news came out yesterday afternoon. Fantasy players everywhere are starting to panic as they head into the playoffs and they are rostering Hurts. He's been dealing with the sprained shoulder, leaving him questionable for this weekend's matchup against the Cowboys. If he doesn't start, it's going to be Gardner Minshew. That is in this line has moved pretty drastically since that news. The Eagles are now sitting at plus six. But Mo, you're going to take them here at that number even with the uncertainty
1: yeah let me just start off with a real quick rant (laughs) we've got some time people always say you know there's there's two kind of like sides of nfl betting twitter almost i I wouldn't say it's two sides but a lot of people there's always the people uh tinfoil hat it's rigged everything's rigged and then there's all the people who just you know come in but of course it's not rigged you guys are all idiots never listen to somebody who tells you it's rigged no it is rigged this is not the way they're talking about and you can see it from this line um just the information asymmetry between certain people i don't think we can say for sure who i have some ideas who some of them might be but they get these injury news before the public they get it before the reporters um and you saw that right here uh you saw Like 30 minutes before, the Rap Sheets and Pelliceros were tweeting about Jalen Hurts injuring his shoulder and maybe missing this game. Um, Just massive line steaming towards Dallas. I think it was minus one, minus two, something like that. Goes up to minus five. This is before any ounce of news is out there. Um, So clearly people knew. There's more tweets this morning about multiple four-figure MVP bets on Patrick Mahomes. The line moves from I think he was still plus to start the week which is kind of insane after the weeks they both had like Hertz didn't play well Mahomes was basically flawless against Houston I know it's Houston but Hertz threw two really poor interceptions it wasn't a good game for him despite the fantasy production so I'm really surprised I thought Mahomes was going to be favored already but well the people with some market influence <laughs> who got the inside information, hammered Mahomes, 24-figure bets, I think I saw this morning on Twitter. It's just stupid. Like, Why are these people figuring this out before the public? The average better is just at a huge disadvantage here. I mean, somebody is leaking this stuff to people who can place these wagers, and it's kind of disgusting.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one to comment on, but like you said, we definitely saw that the line started to move before Schefter, before Pelissero put this tweet out, like the line was already on the move. So you're right. Somebody probably somewhere has someone in that camp that sent a text message that said Hertz is injured. But um, either way, you like Minshew or not, you're taking, I do. you're taking Eagles plus six here.
1: I do. We've talked a lot about how the market tends to overreact to some of these quarterback injuries. I, I think this is a, a prime example, to be honest. Um, you know, we have a five-point move off Cowboys minus one here. I don't think the drop-off from Hertz to Minshew is worth five points. I, I don't think – first of all, I, I want to say, like, even though I admire what Hurts is doing, I, I don't think he's the driving force behind the Eagles' success this year. They have an awesome roster, a sharp coach, um, you know, amazing receivers, best offensive line in the league. Really strong defense. Like, I don't think he's the one driving the bus here. He's doing good work, and I'm, he seems like an awesome guy, so I'm happy for him. I just think, like, this drop-off isn't as big as people think. And not only is Hurts probably not as impactful of a player as people think, but Minchu's probably a lot better than people think. Um, just looking back at his numbers when he's played in the NFL, 41 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. completions, seven yards per attempt. I mean, these are all very solid numbers. And yeah, I mean, you want to say, oh, well, maybe some of these are garbage yards. Not really. I mean, four game-winning drives in uh, 30 NFL appearances. You know, I know he was on the Jags, but he definitely wasn't piling up empty numbers. He was playing pretty decent football. Uh, And he, like I said, he's going to be in a great situation here. Facing a really tough pass rush, that's kind of the bugaboo here is his weakness has always kind of been taking too many sacks, uh, just kind of lingering in the pocket too long, trying to make big plays when there's maybe nothing out there. But I think, you know, with the Eagles, it should mitigate some of that. This is the number one offensive line uh, by PFF's pass, pass blocking grades. ESPN's pass block win rate has them seventh. So this is a very strong pass protection unit. Obviously, The receiving weapons are very good. Dallas Goddard should be back this week. Might be on a snap count, but yeah, I just have a lot of confidence in the Eagles roster. And when I'm looking at this uh, matchup between Eagles and Cowboys, I think it's going to be basically decided in the trenches. Both teams have been a little bit vulnerable to the run at times. Both teams very strong in the pass rush. I just have more confidence basically in the Eagles offensive line than the Cowboys especially after they lost uh, Terrence Steele. I think we talked about that last week when Eli was all about the Jags. That came home for him. Um, And yeah, Terrence Steele going to be out. They put a rookie that some people thought was a guard, I think. So we'll see how his career progresses. But yeah, a, a rookie playing left tackle right now. Tyron Smith is back. But I think he was on a snap count last week. Had him working at right tackle. So a little bit of a potential weakness there on the Cowboys offensive line and and we've seen how Dax play can fall off at times like that I'm happy to get the plus six here this is a a weird one though because like you might even be able to get plus seven if you kind of wait and see when Minshew is like confirmed to be the starter could see this going to seven but I'm just going to take the six and probably add more at seven if that happens it's kind of a weird one also because both teams kind of have nothing to play for, to be honest, like they're almost locked into their seeds basically. So we could see like a kind of a no show on either side and it wouldn't really surprise me, but I just have to go off what I think these rosters can do. And I I think plus six is, is too many here.
0: Yeah. I mean, I understand the no show side of things, but I also kind of think that if you're the Eagles and you can clinch the number one seed here, then you don't rest on your laurels and, take your foot off the gas, even if Hertz is out, because if you can, if you can push here and you can clinch with Minshew in, then that takes all the pressure off of Hertz over the next two weeks, if he still needs that time to recover. So I actually think if you're the Eagles, you just like look to push to get it done here. So I'm going to agree with you that at at plus six, if it potentially goes to plus seven, I, I, I think that the Eagles, don't rest their starters. Like, like, don't just chalk this one up to a, a loss. Like, I think they actually push in this position. We'll see, but I like plus six here as well. Any final thoughts before we move on to game two, final game?
1: Not really. I would just say, like, it, 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 what you're saying makes some sense. I mean, it, in some ways, you would almost say the Eagles have more of a reason to show up than the Cowboys, just because they almost have something to prove uh, that Jalen hurts they can succeed without him, you know? And I mean, the Cowboys are like so locked into their seat. It's, I just can't see a way they're not going to finish number five, basically in the NFC. So I could see both teams kind of a little bit sleepy here, but Eagles, I I just, I I don't know. I I don't see them really laying down for a division rival, you know? So hopefully a good effort from them.
0: You're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lions Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports bettor. All right, next game, final game. We have the Titans who are facing off against the Houston Texans this week. The Titans have struggled in their last three games, being outscored 91-48 to in losses against the Bengals, Eagles, and the Jags. They are going to be taking on the Texans in Tennessee now the Texans have been playing pretty good football in the last few weeks, despite what a one and a re was despite their one and eleven record mo, even with everything that's going on with the Titans, Tannehill, which we'll get into that in a little bit. You like them at minus five here.
1: Yeah, I've been cashing on the Texans <laughs> last couple of weeks. Uh plus a million against Dallas, plus a million against the Chiefs. Um But that being said, I do think this is a good buy low on the Titans, sell high on the Texans. And and honestly, like, I'm not sure I deserved that last one against the Chiefs. Um, That game, I mean, the Chiefs were so dominant in that game. There's no way that game should not have been a double-digit win. Uh, You know, the market said Chiefs was the side. It closed 14.5, and you can see why in the box score. Outgained them by 300 yards, almost three yards per play. It was basically just kicking miscues and fumbles that that kept the Texans in the game, which are pretty random, you know. Uh, I was excited to bet the Texans with Davis Mills, and market opinion was incredibly low at that point on them. But now I'm going to try to sell here and and take the Titans when the look-ahead line was 8.5, which I I thought was fair. Um, I was only a little bit below that. I thought 7.5 was fair, even if I downgrade them a little bit based on, uh, you know, last week. Which it wasn't really a bad game by them against the Chargers. I mean, you know they're still struggling as far as like having any weapons, and hopefully Traylon Burks is back in the, in the fold this week. Uh, yeah, look at look at the teams that that the Titans have been struggling against. Man, I mean Eagles, Bengals, Chargers. These are very tough opposition. Um, and the Texans basically had two games where. Yes, they covered and are playing better. And hey, I moved them out of 32 out of 32 on my power rankings this week <laughs> cuz, you know, quarterback injuries elsewhere and they're playing reasonable football now, but that Dallas game was also just basically a a turnover, a turnover game, you know. Dallas muffed punt, gave them the ball with some horrible interceptions. I don't think that's going to happen here. Basically, uh the Titans Have took care of the ball pretty good this year, and Ryan Tannehill in general is usually pretty good about taking care of the ball. Under a two percent interception rate this year, which is pretty solid, and he's only had one season since he came to Tennessee where he's been below average in terms of uh, interception rate. So, I, I think as long as they take care of the ball, this is a good spot for them. I mean, we've seen them destroy Houston before. They already did it earlier this year. Houston doesn't have a good run defense. 23rd in rush defense EPA, 27th in adjusted line yards. I mean, the Titans dominated them on the road, basically. I mean, they only won by seven, but almost plus three yards per play in that game, plus 190 total yards, and and they had Malik Willis at quarterback in that game, so absolutely zero threat of anything through the air, and they were still able to uh, move the ball on on the Texans. So I I, I think it's a good buy low spot below seven on on the Titans.
0: I'm only staying off of this one because of what we saw with Tannehill last week. We saw him aggravate that ankle. He had to go into the tent. Then he was eventually carted off of the field. I thought he was going to be done for the game. They used their magic. They whatever shots, whatever pills, whatever they had in that locker room. And then he came back out and played for the rest of the game. I think the key is going to be Derrick Henry with Tannehill potentially being Questionable, And the Texans do have the worst run defense in the NFL. So if Henry does get going, it's going to be hard to play catch up for the Texans. So if I were to take a side, I'd probably lean your way. But because of the Tannehill injury and Derrick Henry being for the over the last like four weeks underproducing, I'm going to stay off of this one. But I do see where you're coming from here.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, this is that's why they call it gambling, right? Like <laughs> I, I could definitely see like a situation where you're basically, you're definitely banking on, on Ryan Tannehill being somewhat healthy. Like yeah. it's going to be hard to cover five, just plunging into the line. Um, even though they did it last time, but it's definitely not going to be easy. And, uh, it, it's definitely possible that he's still banged up and, and won't be close to a hundred percent. So hoping that that's not the case here, but, uh, we'll see how things go. I definitely would not want to bet this if it was Malik Willis. I mean, <laughs> I almost bet him last time minus two and a half. I missed the boat, ended up closing like three and a half or three. So I, I think that was that was right on the road. But now the Titans are not quite as healthy on defense and not playing quite as well as they were before early in the season. So I'd be careful if if I knew Malik had a chance. I, I'm just assuming Tannehill's gonna be okay.
0: Yeah, I mean I think since he played last week, I'm assuming he'll play this week as well, but you know, whatever magical potions they have back there seem to do the trick. But if you are betting this weekend, good luck with all of your bets. And from us over here at the lines, happy holidays. Again, we will be taking off to enjoy time with our family and friends for the holidays. So we will see you in the new year.